I missed it. Oh well, it's okay. Um, <laughs> yo yo yo. No, kidding. Um, I still can't get over how fire that intro is. Straight up, I was listening to it this morning. Damn, damn. We have an damn intro man. now, and you still start everything with yo yo yo. Yo yo yo. yo. <laughs> uh, it's, it's tradition, but um, trade deadline's coming up. That's exciting. Oh yeah. By Hell the time yeah. we're recording this on uh, Thursday, March 17th, 2022 at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Earth, Solar System, Milky Way, Galaxy, Universe. Okay, you're good. Uh, and then this episode, because of the way we've staggered all of our releases over the next few days, this one will be coming out on Sunday, March, Sunday, March, uh, what, 20th? I think it's the 20th, Tomorrow's 20th, the 18th. Yeah. Yeah, 20th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, which is the day before the actual trade deadline, which is on the 21st at noon, I believe. I think it's. Is the it at noon? Deadline's usually at three. So three? Okay. Three Sorry, like I'm reading yeah. PST or whatever. Um, yeah. It'll be at 3 p.m. EST. At, mm-hmm. uh, Earth. Solar system. Yeah, we <laughs> get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milky Way time, whatever. Whatever, man. Fuck. Listen, man. Yeah. I'm fucking tired. It's been a long day. But also, yeah. we have trades to talk about. We have yeah. a few fucking trades to talk about today. But before all that, I just want to say Peter Holland retired. Yeah. So sad. <laughs> but, yeah. My, friend's, my friend's dad was actually his agent for a while, which is kind of funny. So I've heard some stories about Peter Holland. Um, again, I wish him all the best. I don't really uh, hit a short stint with the Leafs when they were bad. Um, seemed like a good enough dude. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know him personally, and frankly, I don't really remember much about him other than he was acquired when like literally every single center we had was hurt. I think Kadri was hurt. Yes, Bose, yeah. Zach. Yeah. So like, and I think that, that was the time when like Jay McClement. when they were basically yeah, like I think Jared Smithson uh, oh was someone God. who was like on their second line. So like, anyways, um, he's kind of another <laughs> good example of some of the kind of memorable faces from when the Leafs were an absolute tire fire but um I don't know blast from the past had a pretty the fact he was in he's been in hockey up until now is pretty incredible if I'm being honest with you again yeah not a knock against Peter Holland but like I don't think I'm wrong when I say he's not one of the more skilled hockey players in the league at this point in time which is fine I'm not either a lot of people aren't like it's just like to be a pro athlete like you're literally in like the one percent which is a whole nother thing but anyways um Good luck to Peter Holland. That's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, I remember when he first got traded here. Um, I was like, who is this guy? And then in a few games that I watched him, I'm like, ooh, cool guy. And then he just kind of like faded yeah. away. And then the Mike Babcock era came. And then he just kind of got traded away. And then he just like vanished yeah. from the face of the hockey world. And I was reading his uh, Twitter yeah. press release because he was saying like, I've decided to step away from the game of hockey uh there's no press conference banner raising or puck drop at center ice when you're a bubble guy (laughs) it's kind of sad reading that but it's like hey man if you ever hear this podcast just know that i appreciate you okay i love you i do too i do too and uh he said uh he's he's gonna step away from the world of hockey now and he also mentioned in his thread that he actually kind of lost his love for or his passion for hockey Mm-hmm. As soon as he was traded away from the Toronto Maple Leafs, which is understandable. Which, which, yeah, not, it's 
it's yeah. understandable like, and it, it goes to show you the impact that the toronto maple leafs have on the world of hockey like so 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 many players come from southern ontario and the fact that yeah. a handful of them get to wear the blue and white for their mm. career is yeah. is just absolutely memorable and it's so special and even if you don't win a cup if you don't go to the playoffs or whatever that you can die in peace knowing that you worked and you were a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs at one point in your life no exactly right and like yeah, he's so he's so I'm looking at it now he's from Caledon and I'm, I'm so surprised because he's only 31 years old I thought he was way older yeah. than that oh my goodness um but yeah no that's right like again like I not to make everything about the Leafs but like there's so many players who dream about playing for Leafs because again, because they're from GTA, whether it's Oakville, Richmond Hill, Markham, Thor, like whatever you want to, like wherever they're from. And like, it's kind of like, it's kind of the discussion we we're having with Mitch Marner earlier in the year where like, like you're basically living your dream. I think very easily when things go poorly, it's very easy for that to kind of turn yeah. on you and it starts to affect your mental health and everything like that. So, I mean, um, Again, Peter Hahn was never someone who was like a Mitch Marner, just to like get that, just to make sure we have the comparison straight. But like, he's not still like when you're what no, unfortunately, no. But like, main point is like, if again, he, he's someone who I imagine probably dreamed about playing for the Maple Leafs like growing up and he got to fulfill his dream, even if um, it wasn't necessarily the most pleasant thing at times. Um, but yeah, anyways. Um, like I said before, I wish him the best. Um, I don't have a whole lot of memories of Peter Holland, but um, again, seemed like a nice enough guy. So anyways, good luck, Peter. Speaking of making your dreams come true, a lot of players over the last couple of days, they've switched teams to either teams that they never knew that they would play, or now they're playing for a team to hopefully make their dream of reading the Stanley Cup come true. That was like, a very good segue. I like mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You like yeah. that. So, I want to talk about this trade first. Um, Josh Manson. So, sorry, I'm just cleaning something. I, I stupidly ate something while you were talking. And okay, it's like super I'll chewy. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll start with this while you finish. Um, Josh Manson was traded to the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, he and his 50, sorry. So, Josh Manson with 50% salary retained was traded to the Colorado Avalanche in exchange for Drew Helson and a 2023 second round pick. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, like, let Which me is funny. start by saying... Oh, Hold on. Can I, context. So, by the time this episode comes up, people will have heard the fact that you wanted Josh Manson to come to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I and then did. they'll know that that didn't that happen. wrong. Yeah. So, I want you to shit your, sit in your yeah. shit right now. <laughs> yeah. I think the word... <laughs> I think the worst part about the take is I fully knew going in that Josh Manson was fully reluctant to waive his no trade clause to, to come to Toronto, which did come out after as well. So he, he didn't want to play in Toronto, which is fine. It's kind of interesting because I think his father, Dave Manson, actually did, which is kind of funny. So um, what could have been? But anyways, um, man, like what a deal for the Avalanche. Holy moly. Like I think if there's one thing I said, it's one thing I almost said earlier, as, as I said, the the one weak part of the Colorado Avalanche right now is like their forward depth. And like, maybe if they can get another defenseman, they're fine. Well, like this is their last defenseman they need. Yep. It's like, Holy cow. Like off the top of my head, Makar, Gerard, Eric Johnson. Uh, you Josh want me to, Manson. you want me to walk you through their defense core right now? 
sure. Why don't you do that? Because I don't have it in front of me. So I'm looking at the morningpuck.com. This is the projected yeah. uh, pairings after the Josh Manson trade. So first pair, you got Makar and Taze. Phenomenal. Yeah. You got Josh Manson and Ryan Murray. And then third pair, you got Eric Johnson and Jack Johnson. The Johnson and Johnson brothers. Ha. <laughs> They're not brothers. I'm just. Did you say Samuel Gerard in there? I did not. I think uh, he is. He's not playing right now, is he? I think he might be injured. No. Interesting. I don't know. I I, I don't really know. But that's Gerard and Johnson. Like, or yeah, Sam Gerard is one guy I know. Like off the top of my head, who's like very not bad. Like he's not, like he's not great. He's not elite, but he's also a pretty good defenseman. I don't know. Puck moving defenseman, not horrible. Um. But still, that's crazy. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So Colorado continues to get more and more stacked as we talk, and the rumors are they're not done yet. I don't know what the hell they're gonna do. Like, just go ahead and win the cup already. Like, just mm-hmm. fuck off. Um, yeah. you're making it difficult for well, the rest of us. Well, I'll be curious to see what happens because the reason I and the reason I say that is um, Gabe Landeskog I think had knee surgery or leg surgery, something like that. He had some sort of surgery. He's gonna be out for a good chunk of the season. So now assuming they put him on LTIR, which I assume they will, because I think at this point in time, they don't need, they don't really need him. But it also sounds like it's like his injury is actually relatively severe. Um, and again, one name that we've heard the avalanche uh, link to was Claude Giroux, who is making about, I think, $8 million on the, on the, uh, against the cap. So again, assuming Philadelphia is able to uh, retain some of that salary, they have, they, have, they now have a lot of cap space to potentially go after Claude Giroux. However, one thing I think needs to be noted is the Avalanche don't have their first, they don't have their second, and they don't have their fourth. So at least them with their third, their fifth, their sixth, and seventh for this year. Mm-hmm. They don't have their second next year either. So they only have, in the next two years, only have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine out of 14 picks, which isn't awful. But at the same time, I think it's a good chance that there's going to be even fewer at the end of the trade deadline. So they're, they, they are fully in win now mode. They are fully yep. dedicated to trading away the future for the now, which makes sense. Um, but you're right. They're not done. And it's scary to think of what this team's going to look like after the trade deadline. Uh, on the brief topic of Claude Giroux, he is playing in his 1000th game tonight against the Nashville Predators. Yeah. So there's a good chance, again, by the time this comes up, Claude Giroux will be traded. I've heard that it could be the Florida Panthers more and more now. They yeah, look to be in the front running. Uh, we'll get into more conversation mm-hmm. about the Florida Panthers in just a bit. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Manson currently, so this man is six foot three, 218 pounds. Uh, he is 30 years old. His career, he has, this guy was always on Anaheim. Um, so I, I always confuse Josh Manson with someone else who went to Buffalo. Do you remember another defenseman? Did he play for? Oh, um, Brandon Montour. Brandon Montour. Yeah, yeah. I always mix the two up for some reason. I don't know why. Because I think it's the least have always been linked in trade rumors to one or both of them for like five years now. Yeah. And so I'm always that. like yep. one of these two defensemen. We never got them. We never will. You know, it's just one of those things. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. This guy, he, uh, this season on Anaheim, 45 games played, nine points, four goals, five assists. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's going to bolster their blue line. Uh, I don't think he's going to play 
anything flashy like Kale McCarr style hockey, but that's okay because they don't need that anymore. Um, this is just going to make them even more tougher to play against because this guy is a tough SOB. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. And he plays the right side, which is, again, very valuable. And the fact they were able to get him for as little as they did is pretty incredible. Now, maybe that's because the Ducks had almost no leverage with um, – not leverage, but like – no, basically no leverage. He had one year left on his contract. I don't think they were going to re-sign him. He yeah. had a modified – he had a no trade. So he could fully de- decide where he wanted to go. He didn't want to go to the Leafs. I'd be curious to know where else where that was interested in him that – like in what – and whether or not he would have waived his no trade. But, um, yeah, I mean, good for the Avs. I like, I like the fit a lot. Because, again, if you look at the Avs defense core, they don't have that a whole lot. They don't have – it's like the Leafs, actually, kind of. Like, I'm not saying that, like, they're not as good. But if you look at the players they have on their defense core, they're very fast, very puck-moving defensemen as opposed to, like, I'm going to knock your head off with my stick. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I'm going to like I'm gonna crush you into the boards every time you step over the board. So be ready. As soon as I'm out there, like, you're going to feel pain. Uh, the Avalanche didn't really have that. Um, outside of maybe Eric Johnson, even Eric Johnson, when you look at Eric Johnson, you don't go, "Oh my God, so scary!" Like, and that's the reason why we're talking about Zdeno. Char- you were talking about Zdeno Chara last week. Yeah. Um, Manson provides that, and then some. So way more than Chara. <laughs> no, no, for sure, for sure. But like, he's also younger, moves faster. But I just yeah. think in terms of the same style of play, that's all. Yep. Uh, in return, Anaheim gets exactly what they're looking for as well, right? Like you, you hope to get. If you can get any return on your pending free agents in the summer, that's a win. Um, the Leafs yeah. have made so many players, not made so many players, they've left, they let so many players just walk away into free agency, haven't got anything in return. Like, I can go on and on. The list is so huge over the last five, 10 years. Tyler Bozak, JVR, just a couple of them. Um, and so the fact that they got someone back in the prospect, that's good. So win for the Anaheim Ducks as well. Works out for both sides. I also just don't get why the Ducks wouldn't really want to re- wouldn't want to resign him. He's only thirty years old. He's right. He's right shot defenseman. Like again, I'm sure they have their reasons, and maybe it's just simple as they want to get assets back for him. Fine, but um, I don't know, man. Like, anyways, it's not really a question for now. But it it could yeah. be one of those things where they're confident they might be able to be in the running once Josh Manson becomes a free agent. Maybe that's that's not a bad theory. I don't know. Again, I have no idea. The Ducks yeah. currently have the third highest amount in cap space behind the Red Wings and the Sabres. So it looks as it sounds like they'll have options. Um, yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah. other context here this move was made possible because, so first of all, Josh Manson, he came in at 50% retained. So just over $2 million for the Colorado Avalanche. But this was made possible because the Ducks, sorry, the Avs also traded away Tyson Jost or Yost. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yes, Tyson Jost. Tyson Jost to the Minnesota Wild um, and exchange for Nico Sturm. So Tyson Jost made $2 million. That's how this trade was possible. Yeah, and again, um, just to quickly touch on the Tyson Jost trade, there's not a whole lot to say here. Um, basically, Tyson Jost was a highly – was a, I think he was drafted very like pretty high. Again, I'm not 100% sure where he was drafted. Uh he was a first 10th overall first round of the 2016 NHL entry draft. So he was a, he was a very high, highly, he was a high draft pick. Um, he didn't really pan out, which is fine. It happens. Um, it feels like it's one of the rare draft misses by the Colorado avalanche, which is 
which is rare. So, I mean, look, Minnesota wants someone with uh, offensive potential, which Tyson Jost has. He's making $2 million, which, again, isn't a whole lot. Um, so, I mean, we'll see where, where he can take his career from here. But um, I could see, I could definitely see why the Avalanche want to move on from him and they get Nico Sturm, who, again, I'm not familiar with Nico Sturm, but he's making $725,000. Like, yeah, it's a, yeah, it looks like it's basically a cap dump. So, anyways. Kind of. Uh, they just essentially, uh, the article on the NHL.com, it said that the, the move was just a one-for-one swap so that both players could have a better change of scenery and so that they could play better on their respective teams. Honestly, the move was just made so that they have space to get Josh Manson. That's the way I'm looking at yeah, it. Yeah, that's a thing, right? Like, what, like what, I don't really know what else they, they were really expecting him to say, but anyways. Yeah. So we got two trades out of the way. Uh, if you want to know more Tyson Jost, uh, I guess like career bottom nine in forward depth, uh, depth forward, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, his career high was 70 games played Colorado, 2018, 2019, 26 points. So, yeah. Not awful by any means, but still, yeah, not, know, awful. not, not, no, not like 10th overall. Great. Yeah, so, and, anyways, and same with Nico's term, but anyways. Same with Oh, Nico's for sure. Term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, that brings us to. What does that bring us to? Guess which trade I'm going to. Frank gonna... Yes, Frank Vitrano. Yes. All right. I, I want to quickly. Right I want to talk about this first. Uh, I always mm-hmm. remembered, maybe it's because I played fantasy a lot back uh, a couple of years ago, but Frank Vitrano mm-hmm. was always a very nice waiver wire addition. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like this guy would go on a couple streaks here and there. Uh, he was a nice pickup by the Florida Panthers. What did he always play for the Florida Panthers or Bruins? He was a Bruin. Yes, yes, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So this guy, his career, Boston, then Florida. His career high was 39 points in 81 games played for Florida three seasons ago. Um, mm-hmm. Again, bottom nine pairing, not pairing, bottom nine forward, depth yeah. as well. But this is a good pickup mm-hmm. for the New York Rangers. Because the New York Rangers yeah. currently they don't have um, they have a few people injured. No, Capocaco, for example, uh, and Kevin Rooney also plays on LTIR. So Rangers needed some depth scoring. They thought Frank Vitrano uh, could serve that purpose, and this way Florida also gets rid of money. So win-win for them, um, and we all know what they did with that money later on. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Like, it's, it's it, this seems like a very big precursor move for the Florida Panthers. What they do, we'll see. But well, it's very, like, we know what they did sorry. with the cap space. Oh, I know. But yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, yeah, but yeah. there's also more. I, 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 like, they're not, they're not done. I don't think yeah. they're done. Um, and, and we'll get to that trade in just a second, I'm sure. But like, Frank Fatron was always an interesting player to me because, um. Like, even when he was coming up through the minors, like, through, because he was, like, in Providence, like, in Providence in 2015-2016, he had 36 goals and 55 points in 36 games. He was a goal-a-game player in Providence. He had 55 mm-hmm. points in 36 games. So, kind of typical, not typical, but, like, he's, like, I think they call them, like, uh, quadruple-A players, but they're not, they're, they're very, like, they're way too good for, like, AHL, but they're also not, good enough to be like a consistent like nhl not sorry not because an nhl player but like they don't like the, the the stats just don't translate which which happens again similar to tyson jose like um 
like minor stats and kind of stats in junior don't really necessarily translate all the time. So I really like the ad for New York because again, mm-hmm. if there's one thing that it feels like New York is missing is that it really does feel like they're missing some kind of depth scoring outside of their outside of their top six, which is already making a lot of money. Like they, it feels like as soon as one of their top two lines isn't on the ice, they're basically they're in trouble. Pretty much. So. Anyway. Frank Vitrano is going to be a UFA at the end of the season. He's currently making 2.533 on his contract. So this was not mm-hmm. retained at all. All of it went to New York. And New York could afford this because they put a bunch yeah. of players on LTIR recently. Not a bunch, but a couple. Did, I'm not sure if you read the conditions on the Florida pick. Because the, the Panthers got a fourth-round pick back. It's conditional. And the condition is at the time of the trade, the Rangers own their own fourth-round pick and Winnipeg's fourth-round pick. The pick transferred will be the lower of the two. So basically, they yeah. Yes. So the Panthers basically get the more valuable fourth round pick. So pretty much. Uh, well, that became history because right after this trade, just I think a couple Mm -hmm. hours later, the big blockbuster happened, and I don't want to call this a blockbuster because honestly, I didn't like it at all. It's a blockbuster. Like because it's a blockbuster. Okay. Yeah, so Ben Sherrod's a Florida Panther, and that's what we were alluding to in terms of we know what did the cap space. So Ben Sherrod at 50% retained, so it's $1.75 million to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Ty uh, Smilanich, or Smilanich, sorry if I butchered the name, a 2022 fourth-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick. Oh, my God. So the conditions on the pick. So this is on the fourth round pick, the New York Rangers fourth round pick. So, 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 oh, sorry. So they traded a New York Rangers fourth and a Florida Panthers first in 2022 and 2023. The New York Rangers fourth round pick is conditional in a previous trade with New York Rangers. So this is the other pick that is the, that's getting traded basically. Yeah. So, they got this uh, in the Frank Vetrano trade from, to, exactly. uh, from New York. So, so now they're trading this to Montreal. Yeah. Um, and a 20, sorry, a 20, sorry, and the condition on the 2023 first round pick, the Panthers first round pick in 2022 is top 10 protected. And even the Panthers retain their 2022 first round pick, they will no longer retain the 2023 first round pick. And Montreal would instead get a 2024 first round pick. Yeah, I was confused as fuck when I read that paragraph myself. I was like, wait, wait, yeah. wait. If the Panthers are top 10 in 2022, they don't own their 2023 yeah. and Montreal gets 2024. I feel like there might've been a typo there. Yeah. No, <laughs> probably. I don't know. Anyways. Um, Either way, it's a, it's a first, a fourth and a tie yeah. depth forward, super depth forward for Ben Sherrod, yeah. 50% retained. Yeah. Tyson Milanic is a depth forward, yeah. right? Or is he a prospect? So here's a, th- so here's the thing. Um, I knew they got a first, a and a basically depth forward. What I didn't know is that one of the picks that they that they did you, did I cut out? Are you good? We good? I cut out. What was the last thing I said? Okay. Uh, no, we were talking about uh, telling you about Tyson Manic. He's a good depth forward or something like that. Yes. So yes. Here's here's my quick take on this trade. Um, I knew they gave up a first and a fourth, and I didn't know much about Ty Slamanic. I didn't think he was anything super special, and he's not. It turns out he's basically just depth forward, which is fine. 
Um, the fact that the again, I'm 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 going to start off by saying this: Ben Sherrod is not a great defenseman. He's not. He's not. Um, nope. His advanced statistics are awful. Um, he but also I think a good chunk of that is be, is because he's basically being played as a first line defense, like the first pair defenseman in Montreal. So what I'll go on to say is. Um, the fact that the Panthers are basically able to go around and turn around and turn that fourth round pick around and use that in a package to get Ben Chirot. So it's realistically, so really at the, like, if you look at what they started the day with and ended the day with the, like the Florida Panthers, they ended up with Ben Chirot and they really only lost like a first round draft pick, which say what you will is a lot, but for the fact that the fact they got Ben Chirot, who I think actually has term on his deal, doesn't he? Uh, uh, no, he does not. He does not. His contract expiring at the end of the year, so that's kind of too, that's kind of bad. But like, hmm. they basically gave a first round pick, which I think is going to be relatively high anyway. So based almost like almost a second round pick for for a right handed defenseman, they get fifty percent retained. So like the like p- people are going to look at it like it's a lot. They get two like you have two draft picks and like a and like a and a, and a skater. But like, I don't really think it's that much, man. So not that much. Like it's, I don't mind. Like I don't mind it for Florida at all. Personally, I think they like if they're going to be spending that much, I'd be curious to know if they were in on Hampus Lindholm at all because I think now that he's uh, it sounds like he's going to be on the market now because they're not going to be able to reach an extension with Anaheim. But like, they could have done a lot worse in my opinion based on what Montreal was asking for. So that's kind of where I'm at, dude. Um, I think this is a lot worse. Okay, well, <laughs> so okay, so one thing I, that I that I've talked about because I've been on the Florida Panthers high train like since the beginning of the season. They were they were my pick to win the Atlantic. They were like I don't know if we, if we ever said it like on the pod, but like they've been my pick to come out of the East like ever since the beginning of the season. Now, granted, Sergey Bobrovsky's been scaring me a little bit with that take, so that's kind of concerning. But like the one thing I've like I've said about the Florida Panthers, they need a defenseman. They need one because outside of Ekblad and Uyghur, it is very, very shallow. And I just don't like I, I, I Manson went off the board. So that leaves you with Klingberg, who Dallas isn't trading. So it leaves you Giordano. It leaves you with again, there's a couple other defensemen that, that that were out there. Giordano, again, I don't know if he has a no trade or not, but apparently his clear preference is to come to Toronto and maybe the price for Giordano is even higher now. I, anyways, I don't really know. My thought is, especially in situations like this, there's only a certain amount of defensemen that are actually on the market without paying like an arm and a leg for. So anyways, um, I don't I, mind it. I'm, sh- I'm sure this take will come back to bite me in the ass, but um, yes, I really like after thinking about it, I really don't mind it that much, actually, if I'm Florida. Man, I, I don't know. I, I, in my opinion, if you're a Florida pan, pan Florida, Florida mm-hmm. fan, I think mm-hmm. I would cringe at this. Like, come on, man. Are you telling me, Ben Sherrod, you're going to pay this, this depth forward prospect, a fourth round pick and a first round pick for him? Where is Ben Sherrod going to play on your defense pairings? Like, can you pull up Florida's? I'm doing it right, right now. now. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, keep going on. Like, I'm curious as to where he's going to slot in, what his purpose is going to be on Florida, because they, they, they just set a truckload for him. It better be something mm-hmm. big, right? And on top of that, this guy's a, a UFA at the end of the season, bro. 
This yeah. is a rental acquisition that you paid this much for. Yeah. If you want to go all in, sure, I don't care if you spend this much on your trade deadline. No, look what the Leafs did last year. But it should be for someone who you think is going to take you over the top, make you super, super competitive with the rest of the teams in your conference. And it should be indicative of we're going to go all in. We're going to try to win the Stanley Cup. This is not that type of move. You could have you could have spent the same amount of money, the same amount of picks and whatever on someone better than Ben Chirot. You could have had yeah. you could have had Josh Manson. No. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I agree with I, sorry. Just just with the Josh Manson comparison, I agree. You could have had him, but like he had a, like we have no idea what what, what his trade what if we would have waived his no trade we, like we realistically we have no idea would he have i have no idea i think it's likely he would have but like i think it's diff- like anyways like uh, sorry so just to read off their defense pairings first pair is Uyghur and ekblad okay very solid first pair mm-hmm. second pair is gustav forsling and radko gudas okay the last pair is pateri lindbaum and brandon montour okay so where does Chirac fill in does he replace Gudas or to, does he replace? If I, if I had to guess, probably the second or third pair. Again, is he a righty? Uh, uh, I don't think he is. Ben Sherratt is left defense, right defense, on cap friendly. If I pull up his NHL numbers, he shoots left. So, like, hmm. I suspect they're going to put him on the left side because, like, you can put him on the second pair with Gudas or you can put him on the third pair with Brandon Montour. Like, and that's why I don't really mind it. Because, again, he's not going to be playing the same minutes as Montreal. But, anyways. Like, because, again, if, 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 if Florida was in a situation where they decided they wanted a defenseman who plays like that, which is fine, he was the only one really left on the market who did that outside of, like, getting Zidane Chara. But, like, I would honestly rather have Sherratt than Chara because Chara's slow as hell. And there's one more point in the Florida Panthers. Um... While they are doing very well right now, I don't really think like I don't necessarily think this is their window because starting because all their sorry their window is right now, but they're all their member all the core members of this team are under contract like after this season. Reinhardt, mm-hmm. Barkov, Huberto, uh, Sam Bennett, Ekblad. Patrick. Oh my god, Patrick Hornquist making 5.3. Oh my god. So, oh, and he's a no trade. Oh my God, uh, Anthony Duc- Anthony Duclair's under contract. Carter Verhage's under con- under contract. Like the core forwards are on this in this lineup. And I mean, I know they gave up a first, but like, I also think that they have a lot more to like. Yeah, like I don't know, man. To be honest, like I, I've seen a lot of people like absolutely despise this move. I don't I despise it. I don't mind it at all. So I don't, not at all. I don't love it, but I also I get why Florida makes the move. Like I get it. I'm a least fan, so <clears throat> I'm ecstatic. Yeah. Okay. I, I yeah, am, I'll preface it by saying that I'm very happy the Leafs didn't get him. So maybe yes. that's just a lot. But like, okay, you know, okay. Imagine if the Leafs made this exact same trade. They gave up a depth forward prospect. And they gave a fourth and a first for Ben Chirot, half retained. What would your first reaction have been? Okay, hold on. What's the first on, word? What's on, the first on, word okay. that would have left your I mouth? I would have been upset. I, I, I will be, I'll be honest. Fuck! I, I, I'd, be, I'd be upset. <laughs> I would be upset. What I will say, though, 
the one thing I will preface that by saying is the Leafs are in a way different situation than the Florida Panthers. The Leafs have been flamed out the last three first last they they flamed out in the first round every year since since they got Austin Matthews. This is Florida. This is like what Florida's second time in the last little bit of making the playoffs. Like, like, I mean, they lost to a very good Tampa team last year, but like, so maybe not that super different. But like, maybe that's a different. I don't know. I guess now I'm trying. Uh, I'm in my own head now. Anyways, like, like I'm <laughs> looking at the like I'm looking at the defense that are available right now. Like, like this, and this is off of a TSN's trade bait board. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, Jacob Chikrin, Mark Giordano. Jacob Middleton, Justin Braun, Colin Miller, uh, John Klingberg, Shea Weber's contracts, not even Shea Weber, Nick Letty, like they all like outside of like Jacob Middleton. Okay. Jacob Middleton can play like a very physical style of defense. He's also not capable of playing as many minutes as Ben Sherrod. Jacob Chikrin is hurt. I doubt he's going to get traded. He's had like four to six weeks or something like that, which kind of sucks, but like. Like if there's one guy I would I would expect I would think the Florida Panthers might want to relocate those assets to it would have been Hampus Lindholm. Um but like again, if they're seriously going after Claude Giroux, a lot of those assets that they're gonna that they would have spent on Hampus Lindholm are gonna be going to Philadelphia for Claude Giroux. So that's gonna work. Like I guess that's the only thing you have to be mindful of is the fact that like they're they're not done. So, like, how many assets are they actually, like, going to trade come Monday? So, I just quickly pulled up an article on Jacob Chikrin. Um, this came out yesterday. There, apparently, there's still a strong chance that Chikrin is traded before the deadline, according to Darren Dreger from TSN. And his injury is not as serious as originally feared. So, he was initially okay. expected to miss two to four weeks, but he could be okay. back on the ice as soon as later this week, apparently. Okay. Okay. Good to know. So, I think he's still yeah. straight. I hope he does. The blue and white. I want Jacob Chicken so badly. Oh my god. Uh. Anyway, so Sherat, that trade happened. I don't like it at all. I don't care. Yeah. Like, I'm a Leafs fan, so I'm happy he can come here again. So that yeah. leaves the market open for other defensemen. The only yeah. shitty thing is, this is going to skew everything. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you're paying this much money. This much an asset for bench rot. What does that mean for every other defenseman on, available on the market right now? And there's mm-hmm. one defenseman who the least might be lucky at this point in time because a report I read earlier today said that he prefers to come to Toronto. Do you know who this player is? Mark Giordano. Yes. This is the only way now I feel like the Leafs could get a defenseman without paying an astronomical price. I agree. Oh, uh, well, like... Here's the thing, right? Okay, so I do agree with that because again, I'm looking at the Seattle Kraken's cap friendly page right now. Mark Mark Giordano has a no trade clause. He's gonna be he's gonna dictate where he goes. So if he says I want to go to Toronto, um, and he's just, and, he, and he says I'm gonna like I'm not gonna waive my no trade clause unless it's to go to Toronto, the Kraken are fucked. Like unless unless they're comfortable with him walking for nothing, which maybe they are because I don't really know how much value Mark Mark Giordano has. Anyways, um. But like other than like yeah, looking at the other guys on that like on the market, the guys that just listed Hampus Lindholm, Jacob Chikrin, I don't think this affects Chikrin as much because again, I think Chikrin was going to get what he what like this doesn't really affect Chikrin because he's he he had term left on his contract anyway. It was going to be whatever whatever they they're going to get from was going to be what they're going to get from the very start. 
but like Lintel maybe like probably but yeah man like fuck Chirot really had to go fu- the Habs really had to go fuck up everything for everyone else right? oh my god yeah speaking of the Habs one last time today uh I do want to mention that they have one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen picks currently in this draft holy shit i did not know that that's crazy oh my god are you joking no they way. got two no. firsts one second three thirds three fourths a fifth sixth, and two sevenths jeff gordon man I, I, oh my god that's yeah jeff gordon is unbelievable and they might have two firsts again next year because of the shirat trade they got four first round picks in two years you want to play it want, want to play a funny game What's a funny game? Guess how many draft picks the Arizona Coyotes have in the first two rounds of this draft. Oh, I know it's a lot as well. Yeah. Uh, seven. Eight. It's eight. Holy shit. Eight. What's the breakdown? They have three firsts and five seconds. Oh, my God. So to put it on their perspective, so the first round of the draft, Sorry, that so the first two rounds of the draft are what 32 teams now, so that's 64 picks. <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes are eight percent of that, <laughs> like, that's or something like that. I think it is, but like, anyways, like that's fucking wild. Good for Montreal, though, because this is exactly what they needed to do. Um. And it's 12, it's 12 and a half percent. Sorry, not eight percent. I don't know where I got that from. 12 and a half percent. That's even worse. Of, yeah, for the rest of the league, it is. But yeah, like again, then this is the thing, right? Like, like and the, and the well prospects is, how, that they're going to sign to the draft. I'm sorry, but if Arizona has 12.5 percent of the draft, I'm so sorry if you're getting drafted this year. Yeah, <laughs> no, sorry, that's, that's not of the draft, that's, that's of the first two rounds, but first still, two points still stands. Yeah, point, yeah, point still stands. Like, the question is, how well can they draft and develop? Like, and I'm talking about Montreal because again, I have my questions based off of the last last couple first round picks, like uh, Michael McCarron, uh, Kokaniemi. Kokaniemi was still developing. Don't get me wrong; when he hasn't been great, um, Noel Juleson, uh, defenseman, uh, Nikita Sherback. There's been a lot of guys that they've swung and missed on. So again. This is going to be – it's time to see what they got. So, we'll see, I guess. Um, but, yeah. Also, uh, keep also keep, sorry. also keep in mind – sorry, one, one, one last thing about the Montreal Canadiens. Apparently, they're talking about trading Shea Weber's contract. If they trade mm. Shea Weber's contract, they're going to have to give up, I think, at least one of those. Like, they're going to have to give up some draft pick compensation to get rid of it just because of how heavy the contract actually is. So, Anyways, just something else to keep your eye on. Something else uh, that I keep noticing every time I pull up the Florida Panthers cap friendly is how much better this team could have been had they not had Sergei Bobrovsky's $10 million albatross contract on their books right now. Yeah, like that's this season, this season a lot, like the season's the kind of an interesting time to have that conversation because like he's been like, he's been mediocre. He hasn't been great. He had, I think he had a really, really hot start, but like he's cooled off. Like the Florida Panthers, I think now have like one of the lowest save percentages since like after the All Star break. I think they're like right around the Leafs level. So like, my question is like, if they didn't have Sergey Bobrovsky, I don't know who else they would have had 
like, or maybe they go get Freddie Anderson. I don't really know, but like, I could totally see why they went out and gave him that contract. Given, I think the year that they, that he signed, I think he like he was absolutely lights out for Columbus. But like, this is like this is kind of where I'm kind of getting out with goalies nowadays. Like, goaltending is so hard to evaluate that like. Mm-hmm. I think with care, I think I think if you just look at the last two massive goaltending contracts that are handed out, and like out, out sorry, outside of Vasilevsky and like Price and um, Bobrovsky, I think we're really going to see a decline in how much money goalies are paid, just because like it's it's really tough to evaluate how good goaltending is and like and be able to project it going forward because like they've both fought like Price is a whole other story; he's just been hurt, but like Bobrovsky especially, but basically just fallen off a cliff. Yeah. And for, couple of years. for context, this is very similar to the Jack Campbell story from this year. Sergey Bobrovsky had a very, very solid start. But after about halfway, he's played 41 games this year so far for the Panthers. Uh, mm-hmm. 30 wins, six losses, three overtime losses. Holy shit. Yeah. That's got to be number one in wins in the league, no? I think, I think, so. it's, I think, I think that's just Sturkin, isn't it? True, true. I'll, ch- I'll double check. It's Vasilevsky. It's Vasilevsky, Anderson, and Bobrovsky. Uh, Borowski has a 9.17 save percentage and 2.57 GAA. So, yeah, I mean, again, if the Florida Panthers did not have, if they had a goaltender similar to Bobrovsky at like half the price, which is very, very realistic in today's market, they could have had $5 million more to blow on more bench shots, but also to possibly be the most unbelievable team in the league this year alongside the Colorado Avalanche. Well, like, my question is, who out, Who do you go out and go sign? Because like, like, this is the exact conversation we have with the Leafs. No one's freaking available, man. Like, because like, if you look at the again, I'm I, I I'm on the cap friendly now, looking at like goaltender contracts. It's priced at ten and a half. It's Bobrovsky at ten, like per year, per, like in terms, of, in terms of cap hit. Andre Vasilevsky. Andre Vasilevsky has a nine point five million dollar cap hit, and then Flurry's at seven. John Gibson's at six point four. Like, and then you have Gibson, Murray, Hellebuck, Bennington, all around six million. So, like, and like they've never really been available outside of maybe John Gibson if the Ducks decide they want to tear it down. But like, the Ducks have never said like we're open, like open for business trading. Like, I think outside of Jacob Markstrom, who is a free agent and like Calgary stole from everyone because that contract is ridiculous. He's making six million dollars for like I think the next couple of years, but like. Man, goaltending more and more is feeling like a position where if you don't draft, like you're like if you don't draft for that position, you're screwed because it's it beca- it's it's becoming more and more difficult to actually go out Pretty and much. get a goalie who is because if you have a goalie, you're not trading him. Like because again, like Frederick Anderson was a good goalie, but he blossomed into like in a, like a very good goalie when he got to Toronto, mm-hmm. and then they let him walk because he wasn't that because because again, goaltending's voodoo. So, anyways. Yeah, pretty I, much. Uh, I'm really glad on one hand that the Leafs actually have a couple goalie prospects in the system now. Uh, who did they sign this last draft or a couple drafts ago? I think it was Artur Aktyamov. No idea. And he is their, he is their up-and-coming goalie prospect. Uh, but right now, they actually got another prospect. I'm going to slide in here while we're talking about Leafs goalies. I went to the Dallas game. Oh. Yeah. A couple nights ago. Also, I'm going to say Ian Scott's like supposed to be very, very good. He just can't stay healthy. 
which yes. makes me very sad because I love Ian Scott. But oh, but God. at this point in time, at this point in time, yeah, we got Eric the you shall not pass grin. Uh, okay, no, I saw that coming. No, 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 no. Hey man, look, look, but, look. You got you come in. You make a thirty-five save shutout against the Dallas Stars, who are yeah. charging up the standings to make the playoffs. Okay. What a breath of fresh air for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, to be clear, I have nothing against Eric Schalgren. I think he's played very well, very well. I, I, here's the thing: people are calling him Colgren because of the K, um, even though it's an even though Schalgren. it's like a, like it's like an it's it's an S sound. It's similar to uh, Oliver Shillington of the uh, Calgary Flames. So like, he's been great, man. Um, and again, this is something I was talk, talking about with my dad earlier, but like we've seen Freddie succeed in the system at times we've seen Jack succeed for majority of his time with the Leafs under Sheldon Keefe. And now so Peter Mrazek has struggled a bit, which is fine. And then we have Shalgren. Okay. I'm trying to be nice here, but like three of the last four goalies you've had here have like very like exceeded expectations. I'm genuinely curious to know, like if the Leafs, again, people like to harp on the, how bad the Leafs defense is, but like, I'm genuinely curious of this defense and just like this, the stuff they give up, if it's easy for goalies to kind of, I don't say settle in because we've seen Peter Mraz, like what he's capable of, but like, I don't think it's coincidence at all. And, and Joseph wall, same thing. Mm-hmm. Like he came up when he was like, he had, I think he had one bad game, but like other than that, he had two or three really good starts. So again, sample size is super small though. Oh no, for sure. But still like, I just don't think it's coincidence that like, even with Shogren and Wall, like two of their three starts, they've been phenomenal. Like more, like, like we've seen goalies come up from the AHL to get absolutely lit up like a Christmas tree, and neither of them have been yet. Knock on wood, or Wall might have been for one game. I can't remember. So, I'm trying to be optimistic about the goaltending situ- situation in Toronto with the prospects they have, but because I don't think they're gonna go. I don't think they're gonna go out and go get another goalie. Not if Shogren keeps playing like this. Again, by the time this episode comes up, there's a good chance that Eric Shogren will play one or maybe two more games before the trade deadline. If he ends up winning both of those games, or if he puts up a solid, solid performance in each of those games, I'm going to go back on what I think the Leafs will do at the trade deadline. They won't get a goalie. Yeah. I think I think right now the acquisition cost for anyone at the trade deadline is ridiculously high and the Leafs they're going to struggle between adding someone on defense versus someone on goalie versus someone on forward which I've also heard that they're trying to do and so at this point if you can take your bet take a gamble on one of those positions being solid post trade deadline then you should and you would and I think that's exactly what Kyle Kyle Dubas is going to try to do if Walgren puts up a good showing in the next two games Shelgren, oh, well, oh, fuck off. Um, <laughs> no, um, well, one name I saw actually, like I saw, I was reading about on Twitter was I think the Leafs were inquiring about Semyon Varlamov. Um, oh, fuck you. If he's, <laughs> well, yeah. well, like, well, like, here's the things like, I don't think they're gonna trade him, at least not to Toronto, because I like, can, the one thing, like, one. One thing I'm going to throw into the one wrench I'm going to throw into the discussion here is that like Vegas, apparently Robin Lehner sounds like he's going to be done for the rest of the regular season and they are falling out of the stand. They are falling down the standings like a rock. They have been awful. 
I think they've lost. They've lost a good chunk of their last game. They lost. Wow. I know they lost one to Buffalo. Wow. They are currently. They're no longer in the top three for their division. I don't think, or if they are, the number three. Like, man, and Mark Stone is on LTIR. Alec Martinez is on LTIR. Robin Leonard is on IR. Riley Smith's on IR. Braden McNabb. They've been completely pulled apart by the injury bug, and yet I have absolutely no sympathy for the Vegas Golden Knights. They've lost five straight games in a row. Why have I not yeah. heard of this recently? Like I, I just not paid attention to Vegas at all. Wow, they're in the second well, wild well, card spot right now. Well, the well, the big thing is they lost to Buffalo, mm-hmm. and that was Jack Eichel's return. And Peyton Krebs and Alex Tuck both scored for the for the Sabres, which is kind of funny. But like classic. Um, I have no sympathy for the Golden Knights. I have none. Because this is exactly why you don't trade away all your depth players and all these pieces to go out and go get like Pacioretty, Stone, Eichel. Eichel's different. Eichel, I will give them because Eichel is, is like is actually like a really really good player. Petrangelo, like man, this felt inevitable in my opinion because like they had so much great. They had a they, like when they first came into the they had a unit that a really solid unit, a really good team. They were they went to the Stanley Cup final their very first season. They said we're gonna tear it all apart to go get uh Petrangelo. And they did, and they had to trade it with like Nate Schmidt. So yeah. Like, hmm. like here, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the defense core. You tell me how how good they, 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 you think it is. Alex Petrangelo, very good. Shea Theodore, pretty solid. Nick Hag, uh okay. <laughs> Braden uh Pacel, pa- Patchel, I think. I, again. No disrespect, but I I guess don't know the name. Dylan Coglin and Zach Whitecloud. Those are their six defensemen on the roster. Right I know now. three of those. Yeah. Like they anyways. And their goalies are Laurent Bassois, who's a very serviceable backup, and Logan Thompson. So they're gonna be in the market for a goalie, I think, because yeah. but like if you're Vegas, what do you give? You have no first, you have a second. You you don't have your third. You don't have a fourth. You have a fifth. You have a sixth, a seventh. You don't have a second next year. Like, like we talked about earlier in the pod that like, like towards the beginning of the season, the Vegas could be in trouble in terms of where mm-hmm. they're at with their roster. Like, and again, I know Jack Eichel is only twenty five. He's under contract for a very long time, but like. Man, everything else thrown on this roster is just an absolute shit show. You know what? I I don't think I'm going to make another prediction. I think Vegas finds a way. They're not going to be out of the playoffs. I still have more lack of faith in Edmonton making the playoffs than I had having Vegas like not making the playoffs. Does that make sense? Like no, I'm more I, I confident. Get, get what... I'm more confident in Vegas making the playoffs tonight. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I get what you're saying, but like, I think like the Vegas team we've like, that, that you're talking about, like the Vegas magic that you're talking about, like that's a completely different team. Like they're like their second best player mm. is on LTI. Like Mark Stone is on LTIR. We're probably going to be done for the rest of the season. So like, they, they have how much space they have. They currently have three million dollars in cap space. They can go and get something, but like, man, like, and they got Eichel though. 
So they lost the like, yeah, they do, they do. Uh, and and I, like again, I'm not sure what their first line is. If it's Eichel, Pacioretty, and Marcheso, that's a very good first line. I won't, I won't deny that. But like, I can't, like, I don't even know half the guys on their on the rest of their forward group. Keegan Colasar, I can like Michael Amadio, Keegan Colasar, Nick Nick Roy or Nick Wah, Jake Lecision, Nolan Patrick, William Carrier, Chandler Stevenson, and Evgeny Dadnov, and like William Carlson. Those are the other guys on that roster. Like, man, at this point, uh, I think it's looking down. Just looking at the standings now, the East is pretty much decided. If I had to make a prediction on the West, it would just be out of Edmonton, Vegas, or Dallas, one of those teams will make the playoffs. Here's, here's, here's a scary story. Yeah, like Edmonton, I think, is, more, is growing more and more likely like they're going to make it, even despite everything we said about them earlier earlier in the year. Um, Fuck that. They've... they've They've played wet. They've played better, um, or the rest. Like their their division's also been pretty bad. So, anyways, we'll see what happens with that. But like, one Dallas, more thing man. about the Vegas Gold, yeah, Dallas. Like one more thing about the Vegas Golden Knights. One thing I worry about is the thing that's bothering Mark Stone is his neck or like his back. If he has to have an operation or something like that, and this affects the rest of his career, that's not good for Vegas at all. It's not. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, like I. Like, I, I hope he has a full recovery. Same with everyone on the roster. But like, in terms of where Vegas is at right now, I'm con- I, I'd be like, I'd be pounding the alarm, like yeah. full, like, like it, it is DefCon like five, like whatever, like. Uh, just one quick last trade that I want to hammer out before we wrap up this pod. Callie Yarncrock was traded to the Calgary yeah, Flames by the Seattle Kraken. Yeah. Uh, Seattle got a second round pick this draft, a third round pick in the next draft, and a seventh round pick in the draft after that. Oh wow! That's so a that's lot. a that's a lot. It, they just gave up draft picks, one draft, two draft, three draft. Um, and if you're Seattle, this is exactly what you want. <clears throat> you know that you're probably not going to need Cal Yarncroc. He's a, I don't want to say he's a depth forward, but he's a very very serviceable forward. He played the majority of his career in Middle Nashville, six, probably. Middle six, he played the majority of his career with Nashville. Um, his career high was 35 points in 68 games played. Ooh. Is that, I mean, half a point a game, basically. It's not bad. Not bad. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Good, I think good serviceable guy. I think, I think he can play the penalty kill. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think. I think they got, I think Nashville got him in the David Legwan deal. I'm not 100% sure about that, but anyways. Um, kind of irrelevant, but like, yeah, they gave up Florida second, 2022 second, uh, see Calgary's third and then Calgary seventh. Okay. So that's a lot for Kelly yarn crock, in my opinion. Um, again, uh, Calgary is in full. Like I said, the thing earlier about Calgary potentially coming out of the West. Oh my God. They look like they're just off firing on all cylinders right now. They look like they are going to just destroy everyone. Um, they are very good. Like they have been playing unbelievable hockey, like unbelievable. And oh my god, like I don't know how much more they do at the deadline. I don't think it's going to be that much because I don't. I don't know. I genuinely do not know what else I could possibly address outside of their defense. And they also currently only have $570,000 in cap space. So we will see, but like, man, 
their top nine is as good as like any in the league right now. Like, mm-hmm. holy moly. Also to be noted, Calgary only has three picks this draft, a second, a fifth, and a seventh. So they're also going all the way in. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I think it's a good place to wrap up there. I, a part of me, since we weren't able to record on Tuesday this week, mm-hmm. uh, I wonder if we should probably record mm-hmm. one more before the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. I feel like if this is the last episode before trade deadline, we'll have way too much to talk about post trade deadline. I mean, my school is going on strike, so I got nothing to do now. So, like, Damn. yeah, I'm around. Um, it's really up to you, my brother. But yeah, um, we'll figure it out. Figure it out. But yeah, for anyone listening, anyway. it's an exciting time to be alive. Enjoy the finally warm the weather. Jay's got Matt Chapman. I'm yeah, so excited. Oh let's my go. god. Oh, oh. <clears throat> I might get Jose Ramirez. Oh. And you know what Vladdy anyway. said? It's gonna be a movie or whatever. He said. Remember. He said last year was the trailer. This yeah. year is gonna be the movie. Ooh, that's fucking cool. And according to this, the MLB has the Jays ranked number two on their power rankings. Let's go. Only behind the Dodgers. Let's go. I'm sorry, Jim Bowden does. My boy Jim Bowden. Yeah. Anyways, um, thanks again for listening. Um, again, make sure you follow all their socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and make sure you follow our Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And we will see you whenever we see you. I don't know when that is yet, because we're gonna might whenever we record next. So peace. Yeah.